Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the now and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. Well, we started midway between 9 and 10 today. Don't know if 9.30 is a great time to start, actually. Probably better to start on the top of the hour, but we do have a caller, 310. We're going to be getting to you momentarily, but we want to let the others that haven't called in know how to get a hold of us today. 914-338-0164 is the call number. Please press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. And... We invite you to join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our blog, Talk Radio Profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. (laughs) Okay. So let's bring on our caller, 310. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. So I've called you before, and uh, okay. so I don't want to I don't want to take up time if somebody else is waiting for. No, you're you're right now. We've got plenty of time, so don't worry. Okay, okay. Um, I'm actually my name is Susan, and I'm in Oklahoma. Ah, uh, yeah, remember you. Yes, and so I've had a lot of interesting things happen with um, jobs being presented going through the whole uh, process of applying, and then the job be dropped. <laughs> oh, okay. And there's so, isn't special so education. It's not even a matter of them not wanting me. They just dropped the job altogether. <laughs> so you mean they cut the so, position? So, like, they 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 it wasn't like you didn't get the job, but they actually eliminated the position. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And this so was in special my, education? Um, yes. Super- um, in the field of like uh, of of um, of administration, more right, not directly yeah. in the classroom. So, um, so my friend called me last week, and uh, she worked with me in the current position that I'm in, and now she's working um, at a school district, and she has created a job for me. So I want wondered if it's going to be a good move for me um, and if you pick up on anything regarding that. So your friend has, to repeat that again, just so we're clear. She's, she's created a position for me to come and work with her. At another school? At a, at a school district, yes. At a school district, so it's still administration that you're going into? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Okay. Um, well, can you be a little bit more specific as to what you're going to be doing in the position in the school district? So it's kind of overseeing their behavioral program. Okay, so it is administrative in, in so far as you're not, you're in the school district 
office, not right. in the classroom. You're not teaching per se. Um, well, I'll be going have... in the classroom for evaluation purposes, but and I'll be teaching teachers, but I won't be teaching you the won't kids. You won't be teaching kids, right? Okay. Yeah. So, um, do you have the birth date of your friend, and we need your birth date as well, please? I don't have her birth date. I'm sorry. Um, I know that we're born the same year, and she. I think. Let me think. She might be an okay. April baby. Okay. Yeah, well, sixty-five. Uh... April Thank baby you. of 65. And yours, your birth date. And mine is June 15th, 1965. 1965. Okay. So the same year, I mean, it's tough because we don't have a birth date. I mean, it's not tough. It's just unfortunate we don't have a birth date, but that's okay. We can still close. 22. And are you currently, are you currently still employed at the job that you're at? Or are you not working? Yes. You're still working. Yes, I'm currently. I'm still working, yeah. Okay. Uh, and this job, when would you be when would you be beginning the job? I'm assuming she wants me to start probably November. November. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm in a position it's actually an at will position so we don't have to give notice we can just leave okay so you can you can just leave even though you're in the midst of the school year already yeah I work at the state so it's not going to affect students right I understand okay well I mean in that regard in that regard I would I would think the move is going to be a positive move for you especially if it's not disrupting your current position so you're not abandoning classroom per se you're working for the state no. um no. and this is this is it's 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 somewhat of a step down though because you're working for the state now and now you're more local right yeah, but I'm, I I actually will be paid considerably more money. So. You'll get more money. <laughs> yeah, state, okay. state doesn't pay anything. <laughs> so. It sounds good. And you're how old are you? 46. I am 56. She's 56. She's born in 65. Well, interesting because you're you're 65. You're 56 years old. What's interesting about that, Susan, is 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 you hold those numbers not only in your year inverted, but in your first and third numbers of your, or I should say your third and first numbers, because five is your third number and six is your first. So as far as a change is concerned, there's a code that, that supports that change at the current, at your current age. So that's a positive. Um, and the salary is more. So that's also a positive. Didn't you have a problem also with your home and you decided to stay in it? Yes. Okay. So and that's I going to okay? I had a mind, I, I had a mind shift. <laughs> yeah. Um, I decided to honor the age of the home. And, and when I did that, everything shifted. So then I became very excited about honoring the age of the home by decorating it. 
at the age it is. That okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Neil, you want to? Well, insofar that your job was, your original job was dissolved, and then your friend created this other job her, for you. Her job isn't dissolved. She's still working at the job. I thought it was. No, she's working at the job still. Yeah. Can you work at the current job as long as you want, or is it going out? Oh, yeah. It's, it's forever. <laughs> If I wanted to be, so I mean, you're, you're, unless they're unhappy with what I'm doing, but I don't think so at this point. So, so your desire to want to leave is due to what? Oh, it's the most boring job <laughs> ever. I, I, it's almost, I mean, I, it's, it's to the point where if anything like somewhat exciting happens, I glom onto it <laughs> because it's rare. Okay, and how long so, have you been? How long have you been working there? I've been working there a little over a year now. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Going back in time, how would you describe your mother? Was she productive, or was she more sedate in her life? She was extremely productive. She usually had two jobs going at once. And what kind of work? Oh, two jobs. What kind of work did she do? She was um, a bookkeeper. She was in, and she also worked in medical records. So. Okay. Now, this friend that created this other position for you, how do you connect with her? I worked with her. She had a position similar to mine um, prior to leaving about. Okay. The next question is, how many siblings do you have? And were you ever in, in any direct or indirect way connected with somebody who had been adopted? No, I don't know anything about the adopted part. Um, I have two, I have a half sibling uh, who has passed away, and then I have another sibling that lives here in Oklahoma. Okay, so the half sibling that passed away, was that from a previous marriage with your mother, your your father? with my mother, with my mother. With your mother, your mother was divorced? Yes. Okay. So the mother being divorced and you having a half-sibling who passed away, how did the half-sibling pass away? Um, She just had all kinds of issues all her life. She was uh, chronically depressed, and she also was uh, morbidly obese. So probably a combination of both. Okay. Somewhere in that history... If we take that history and we go back to a past life and we connect to the narration of that past life, and then with that information, we come back to the present existence, we have two subjects going on. One is your biological mother and the other one, your friend who, quote, created a job for you, suggesting that that friend was once a past life mother. So your friend. Okay, that that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. So what's happening as your mother went through a divorce and had a a daughter that had several problems and has since passed on, we now jump over to your existence 
and instead of getting a divorce or whatever and a death, we have this this idea that your job is on the way out and this creative mother from a past life is now creating a new life for you. That's what's going on. So the transition... Well, you know Go ahead. Uh, what's interesting is once I filled... I had to fill out the job application, even though it was created for me, <laughs> because they have to have it on record. And when I finished the application... I, I have to backtrack. My mother comes to me. She passed away. She comes to me in a series of three fours. And, um, and so when I finished the application and printed out the last page, on it very clearly was a series of three fours. So that, that put in my mind. Said that. Three fours, which I don't know. I mean, she's yeah. going to have to. So what does that mean? It's, I like mean she, it's like she gave the stamp of approval. So when right you in. said that, it made so much sense because that instantly came to me when you said that. But what previously, like what, what led you um, as far as what led you, what leads you to believe your mother communicates in three, fours before the, I mean, you so, know, prior to this three, four uh, job application so situation. Any time that I was feeling stressed or overwhelmed, I would be out and about and I would be presented with three, fours. Either it would be on a car tag, um, a, a street sign, on a, the, the the taxi, the number for a taxi. Um, it was just weird, and so I, I started to pick up on it. So now, um, when I see when I and I see it like very clearly and very quickly in my environment, if there's a series of three fours, I will see it, and it's almost as if I feel her presence. So, um, so that's where the three fours comes from. So I just thought it was interesting when I finished the application and printed it off. My code was three fours. Okay. Yeah. So three four amounts to a seven, which is the uh, highest chakra system. It's also more of an astral, heavenly uh, suggestion. When you have three fours, you have a twelve. When you have a 12, we have a uh, 12 in your 615, and we have a 12 in your 1965. That comes to 12 too. So your mother, again, uh, deceased. So there's a new, another astral mother on the plane, um, on the physical plane, is, is saying to you from a higher energy field, a higher realm, the three fours represent, in essence, three times four is 12, four, three, four, uh, three fours, and 12 is in your, on both sides of your birth date. And then that comes to a three, which is part of your uh, energy field, because you're a 33 equals six. So your mom's, that code is like a phone number, like when you look on your your phone and to see who's calling, if you have caller ID. <clears throat> that number just suggests your mother's around. It's her calling call. It's her calling call card. He kneels choking to death. Don't mind him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, We're having some drama on the show. It makes so, it exciting. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and who was the uh, baseball fan in the family? 
Uh, well, my, my dad is a baseball fan. Actually, we didn't watch any sports except for the Yankees. Oh. When I was growing up. So your mom, I wasn't really choking. Your mom said she put a baseball in my throat. <laughs> to, try, to try to get me to understand, to say hello. Is your father alive? Yes. Were they close? Um, well, he's, he's, he was actually my stepdad, um, and he adopted us when my biological father wait passed away. I barely, wait, I barely wait, 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 wait. Oh, my God. You said no adoption, <laughs> but you were adopted by your stepfather. That's an adoption. <laughs> yeah, very... I guess so. I, I never thought about it that way because uh, well, it, you said he it. just was always there. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You said it. And your mother, who was talking to us through the channels, knew you were going to say it. So she was already planting, in my mind, the idea of adoption, knowing that ultimately it was going to come out when we discussed your stepfather. Right. I was thinking more in terms of siblings, so I wasn't even I know. thinking about It doesn't matter. It doesn't that. matter. Adoption is adoption. So, I mean, matter. you have to go to any corner of your mind or, you know, that 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 resonates with um talking to a psychic is an art form you have to kind of learn how to do it but don't worry about it it's it all comes out so that's what it is your mom is communicating with you and you should get this job so Uh, there's some sabotage in your energy field but you should get well because of the 11 factors but i i have a question well first two well two questions one if I'm remembering correctly, the reason you didn't like this job in the state is because you wanted more hands-on work with the students. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Second question, wheat. I don't know what, you know, I've never been to Oklahoma, and you're probably not in a, in a, in a, in a rural area, but are there any no, wheat fields? Are there any wheat fields anywhere in in I don't know, 150 mile radius of you? Of course. There, of course. Well, there are no wheat fields by us. Do we grow wheat? Here? Oh, no. I know. I was there, so I know. <laughs> no, so, so there are wheat, wheat, wheat. I was getting an image of wheat fields. So you're validating that there are wheat fields within a general proximity of your, of your location. Yes. Okay, and I don't have any idea what Oklahoma grows as far as crops. I've never researched it, but that was an image that came in. So that's a positive validation that this job is going to be a better position than what you're experiencing now. Great. Okay. So. So your mother, your mother loves you, and she's connecting from the other side, and um, she was in the reading. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, keep in touch with us and let us know how things progress, Susan. I will. Thank you so much. I just want to, I just, I, I really trust you guys and I really appreciate your remembering me too. So that's really awesome. And um, hopefully if I ever get back out to California, maybe I can come and get like a live reading. <laughs> a live reading. Well, we hope we're not dead. So <laughs> life is better than dead. <laughs> Luckily, well, face to face. Not baseball. <laughs> wasn't a fatal accident. Yeah. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm just teasing. Yeah. 
Okay. All right, Susan. Take good care. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Bye. Bye. Well, what are we talking about? Well, today? I got to get this baseball out of my throat. You know, um, what the, what I've experienced is that the, sometimes when you're doing psychic readings and you're connecting to spirits and souls on the other side, they'll do anything. If you open yourself up to them, they'll, they'll, I mean, I had one had me do an Indian rain dance once. <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a funny story, but, which we won't go me, into uh, on the show. <laughs> you know, but I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody because. Uh, Actually, that just, yeah. In fact, someone just got suspended for yeah, doing that. <laughs> for, for doing that. In, yeah. But. But in true, a teacher, in true fashion, a teacher, and in fact, it, that, which, which is strange because she's in the educational field, yeah, and, I know. and it's and then she's in a. I mean, Oklahoma obviously had a lot of um, a lot of Indian reservations, right? And anyway, this this person. But, I mean, I'm coming yeah. from an area of respecting the Indian dance. Uh, the Indian dance is a totally expressive uh, movement. Well, I think it's and, debatable. Uh, it's not, one shouldn't allude to it and think you're being, you know, uh, abusing the the culture or ridiculing. I, well, I the think culture. that's the well. I mean, in 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 regard to that incident, which I read about as well, I think it's. Just, I, I haven't watched the video. I don't know much about it, but I don't. You know, the the the, the debate is whether this was a. a you know, something that really was a demonstration of culture, Indian culture, or if it was something that is offensive to Indian culture. And I don't think we can really judge where this, <laughs> where this teacher's um, mindset was, you know, what, what her mindset was as far as doing this. I mean, w- w- we can't educate people as far as what happened historically. What are we going to erase history? Yeah. So I, I really, like I said, I don't know enough about it to make a judgment, but, um, you know, I, I think well, it's a I little mean, bit silly. You know, I, I'm sure that if the teacher had an Indian, uh, a Native American come in to demonstrate to the students what a, a real Indian dance is, it wouldn't have been offensive. But maybe there was some mockery involved in it that was um, outstandingly evident that it was all to make fun of. Maybe that's the case. Um, well, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. <clears throat> Native American energies are something we deal with all the time in our readings, and uh, especially when when Native American energy is concerned with animal spirit. So we we highly respect the culture, and uh, yeah, we never make fun of it, but. Uh, but still, there's time for, for just light lightness and jokes and stuff like that. I mean, putting a baseball in my down my throat, and, may, and she said that the only sport team was the Yankees. Right. Maybe I'm offending the Yankees by doing, you know, I mean, where do we stop the ball? No the ball. <laughs> but the, you know, the idea of, of communicating with the spirit world, whether it's a soul that was once on the planet or a spirit that was never in a body form or an angel 
the instrument, the, the, the measurement of the instrument is the psychic. We are the instrument. The wind, the wind blowing through the instrument or the hand movement or the, whatever it may be, the key is the spirit form. But the, how the expression comes out is how good the psychic is. I mean, you can blow in the trumpet and it can sound like hell. Or you can blow it in the trumpet and it can sound beautiful. Well, that's a lot of up to the psychic, how well they interpret and how well they articulate messages from the other side will determine how much in key, in tone they are with the message being received. In tune. In yeah. tune. In tune, in tone, in tune. Um, in tune. Uh, and that becomes part of the process of of analyzing what one hears and sees. In yeah, my own world, it, it comes in a variety of ways. It can come through an image. It can come through a, a word that I hear in my third ear or uh, a vision. And then there's, it couples with one's own abilities to ignite the conversation into something that seems to be comprehensible and attachable to some form of reality. Uh, notwithstanding guesswork. But uh, the idea of, of seeking answers from the other side, we've got to remember every human being has a link to the other side because we all have souls. So every human being has a soul. And that soul is the vessel that has been traveling through time and space, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Uh, that soul is also the, the energy that has been on the astral plane between lifetimes. That soul will leave the body when the body dies. So our souls that we all have are part of the journey through which we have gone through every lifetime, and that soul holds information. Some of us are very much in touch with the information at hand within our soul, and some of us aren't. It's just a matter of uh, where we are on the level that we're living in. Those who are in touch or have some inkling of a connection, they usually seek psychics to get answers. But not every person who does seek a psychic would necessarily admit to being in touch with their soul. They may just find it a vivid form of entertainment that's somewhat intriguing and enticing to the curious mind. Well, being in touch with the soul, I think, um, when when you're really in touch with the soul, then then the interpretation of 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 whatever whatever information is coming from the soul is going to be much more precise than 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 if someone isn't in touch with the soul. Or there can be people that are in touch with the soul and then seek a psychic to interpret the information that's coming out. And then you know you have to you know you're rolling the dice as far as the accuracy of the psychic and their interpretation of the information, which can be, I mean, it's tricky. It's really tricky because uh, interpretation is a fine art. I once, um, on assignment, I once did a reading with a strict atheist who had to do a reading with me. I forget the circumstances, but he had to do a reading Like for a class or something? something. I forgot what it was, but he was a strict atheist. And he didn't believe in this stuff at all. 
and he sat down and said, um, my thought is that you will do a lot of guesswork and eventually hit certain things and prompt me to fill in the gaps and convince me that you're a psychic and you're talking to people or something from the other side. But I'm telling you in this reading, I'm holding a strict ruler that this is all going to be creative guesswork that you mold into some form of, of psychic definition. I went, okay, whatever, I don't care. So we proceeded, and I could tell by the smirks and on his face and the rising of his eyebrows that he thought I was some kind of nut and it was just guesswork. And he was nodding his head a lot. And, you know. Well, I mean, what type, I would, of, what type of information were you giving I him? I forgot. I remember the gist of the reading, but I do remember that I eventually started to hit some people's names in his family. And he kind of perked up a bit, but not dramatically. I could see that I was getting his attention, but not much. But then I started to talk about the individual's habits and gestures and markings on their body and what they did and how they died. And this guy uh, got, was very silent. And he said, well, when the reading was over, he was still very astutely cold towards me, but he said, well, I think you've convinced me that there's something to this. Right. But, I mean, a psychic, I mean, there are people that are atheists that can believe that there are psychics that can get information yeah. because of, you know, this, the, the sixth chakra can, can, can produce um, What's wrong? The sixth chakra can produce, uh, you know, psychic information, and it doesn't necessarily mean to an atheist that there is a god um, or life beyond the physical plane, you know? Right. Um, And I'm sure that he left the reading being an atheist. I don't think he was probably convinced, you know, that there's... uh, he left uh, thinking that you know, there's something any spiritual energy uh, that, that is valid. Some form of reality that is beyond guesswork. And, um, and it prompted him to readjust his thinking. That's as far as I got with him. He said, There's something to this. Uh, he goes, There's something to this. So it went from totally disbelieving and and um, just being in a certain rigid mindset to being swayed to some form. Now, he, I'm sure he alluded it to mind reading. You know, okay, the guy was reading my mind, or maybe, he, maybe in some attitude of intuition, he picked up on things. So it's a matter of the translation of, of picking up on the, on the energy field of the person. He probably left thinking that, then actually thinking, well, you know, did my father actually talk to him? Or was he picking up on the vibrations that are in my mind? Him being totally right, scientific, exactly. that's what he probably thought, exactly. that there was some form of electrical impulse that I was translating, which is part of the It is part of reading. the reading. It is. Yeah. But those who believe, I mean, there's a deeper essence to a reading than just, uh, you know, electrical energy of the brain. 
There is. And when I was a little boy, being psychic, there was no intellectual pursuit of knowledge that I had. I was just, from the ground up, I was basically psychic. I grew better, but I was psychic as a child. And uh, and how do you explain that? How do you explain that? Um, you know, if I went. I remember seeing a doctor once, and I said, "Oh, did you have fun sailing on your sailboat with your two kids?" And he said, "How, how, how did you know?" That? I was only like a little kid, and he 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 just thought. I mean, there were doctors who thought maybe I had something that they discovered I had maybe electrical storms going on in my brain because they did some what are they CAT scans or MRIs. And they decided that it was a, a, some form of brain tumor or abnormal electrical impulse in the brain between the circuits or whatever. But they never um, could describe my condition, although a doctor, a doctor who actually was married to Faye Ray, the lady that King Kong took up to the Empire State Building, actually coined my mental condition and used it in his uh, in his terminology, and it was a, it's a coined word that he created on behalf of experiencing uh, doing work with me, thinking I had a brain tumor, but obviously I didn't. Um, I once what we made a we amused a doctor when I was having severe migraines, and I thought, do I have a brain tumor? And he goes, why would you think you had a brain tumor? I go, because I was diagnosed with a possible brain tumor when I was uh, seven years old, and he nearly gagged on his laughter. Because, you know, brain tumors don't last that long. <laughs> so uh, nothing uh, nothing there. Um, but when we get into the idea of the regions of the brain, studying the brain, the back of the brain, the primitive brain, the frontal lobes, and things like this that all result in the community of intuition and on some part, learning and intuition, cosmic consciousness. We have, we have yet to, do, to understand the brain in its entirety, and there's always going to be shadows there. So that's where the creepy, crawling, psychic information may be coming from, hidden in the depths. I mean, we still find animal species that we didn't know existed on the planet. They're being discovered all the time. So we don't know the depth of the brain. We don't know the depth of the soul. But when we get beyond the measurement of guesswork, or as Randy, the amazing Randy would say, it's just a bunch of hogwash guesswork. Cold readings are nothing but a creative ladder to nonsense that seems to have some form of connection. Well, now he's dead, so I wonder how that uh, how that uh, opinion <laughs> When he was on the planet, served him when he got up. Well, he he always talked about the, being forthright and bold. Side, so. But I recall, I mean, I may be rusty on this, but I recall he he later came out as being gay, and there was some criticism. I might be wrong on this, but there was some criticism about why he was holding it in so long, not being forthright about it. Um, so um, we, you know, we all. Yeah, he's gay. Yeah, the amazing Randy was gay. But there was some controversy. I used to follow, watch him because I, I, I was amused at his attacks on psychics, some of which were legitimate. 
but he put up a test that you could take this test. I'll give you a million bucks or something, but no psychic would take it. Not even um, the amazing John Edwards would even take the test or uh, what's her name? Um, Brown. Brown. Sylvia Brown wouldn't take the test. Um, I wouldn't have taken the test. I don't want to be too old to to be trying to prove who I am, but uh, the idea that, um, that there's always going to be skeptics and the skeptics may be moved to say, okay, that was entertaining. That was kind of amusing. Yeah. There were some things there I can't explain. And then they go on with life. They don't linger on this stuff. They never see a psychic again, but, uh, there's been plenty of disbelieving people in my encounters with uh, people that have changed their minds after a reading. But it, again, it's a creative process, and it's kind of fun because every person that comes to a psychic is like a word problem to be worked out. Some are easy, some you just know by experience what it's all about, and some are more challenging. Yeah, but I think that I mean the cooperation level of a of a of a subject is is going to be, uh, you know, either assist or, or, or hamper a psychic's ability to work with them. I mean, you can get people that are cooperative, that are complex, of course, but someone who is more open is going to be easier to work with than someone who isn't. And someone who is, you know, there are, there's a certain acuity that people have, people that haven't ever had psychic readings before, and they just have a natural flow for being able to work with a psychic and clue into what they're what they're referring to um, as far as validations that they're getting. And they work creatively with a psychic. And it's sometimes surprising when those people who have never done readings before are really in sync with the psychic. Whereas there are people that are that are that have done many readings and you know, they they're they seem to be clueless and you have to remind them <laughs> of, of how to work, you know, with, with your energy. Right. The, um, briefly, I was, I've, I've, I've been, in, I was involved briefly with scripted material as in plays and improv theater. Um, sometimes you read a script and you act it out, and you're good. And if you have two trained actors doing it, it's fine. If you have a trained actor and an amateur, it may not look so good. Sometimes you can do improv, and you have a trained uh, improvisational actor that meets another one, and they don't need to rehearse. They just move spontaneously through the improv, and it's pure magic. A lot of directors base their uh, movies on pure improvisation, uh, like Con, John Cassavetes was famous for that, even though there was a supposed script in the uh, screenplay. When you have a reader and a subject matter who are both attuned to improvisational reading, meaning they both know how to work with each other in terms of that reading, you're good. If, you, if a reader encounters an amateur, it's a struggle just like it would be with an actor acting Shakespeare with someone who didn't, who just picked up the book for the first time. He's trying to go the lines. So there is a, you know, that's the responsibility of a good, re, uh, good subject matter is that they have, they come rather prepared. 
or at least they have a seed of thought that they know how to work in this world of intuition. Yeah, well, there's a common, a common response that we get from people. For example, a question might be asked and they will say, no, no, there's nothing that relates to that. And then further probing will occur. And then they say, well, well, yeah, that happened, but it was like years ago. (laughs) So when you're, when you're, when you're working, when you're working as a psychic years ago, doesn't matter because we're dealing with the arc of a, of, of, of a soul's journey through time and space, not, you know, you, you know, a few years past or even 15 years ago or 20 years ago is all pertinent when it comes to doing a reading because you're dealing with not only the current life, but the lives that happened before. And not only that, but the journeys on the astral plane in between lives. So, yeah, it's absolutely true. And in the physical realm, I don't think there's a day that goes by me where I, I, I don't recount, recollect my childhood and feel what I was feeling at that time and go through those vivid images and impressions and feelings experience when I was young. So I keep my mind attuned to, uh, to, uh, to, the, to the arc of my own immediate existence more or less going into past lives and tapping into what once was, the once and future king, to something that's more dramatically inclined to be present in the stage that we're walking on. But not all of our stages are present. Just as they're not present in our own immediate life, the stage you lived on when you were five is not the stage you lived on in most cases when you're 60. Hopefully not. (laughs) Sometimes, actually. It is. Sometimes it is. Some people are home bodies and they never leave the nest. Well, sometimes you get dementia and you revert, you know, you You revert revert back back to childhood, unfortunately. Um, We just saw this movie, uh, what was it, with Anthony Hopkins? No, that was excellent. Um, Um, uh, Dad or father. The father? Father. The, The father, I think. The father. And the last... Uh, the last bits of dialogue from this rather astutely uh, creative, harsh individual with an articulate language and a coarse sense of interpretation. His last words were mommy as he melted down. Oh, it was into, so uh, sad, that movie. Into ultimate dimension. Probably we're giving spoiler alerts here. But it's a devastating portrait of the spoiler life. We should have given a spoiler alert. In this case, it was dementia where there was a confusion and diffusion of time and space. Who was who and where he was and the occupants of his life being in the guise of different individuals that he thought were his family members. Um, And he did a superb job. Portraying his character, I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, it was extremely impressive. But, you know, we have other forms of literature, like The Life of Pi, where, you know, the members on this uh, life raft, this boat, were they the cook and the the captain, or were they, uh, you know, a tiger and a baboon and a hyena? And the answers are never quite significantly explicit but there's a vagueness 
that in the element of time and space, we are not really what we appear to be. We are in the guise of different forms. Just as when we look at the stages of our development in the womb, we're a fish, we're a pig. The formation of being a true human being doesn't come until the seventh, eighth month. Up until then, there's there's debate as to what that form is actually resembling. So we evolve just as if you put a photograph of yourself up in the present state, that photograph of yourself when you were five, and you see Marsh, and those are the same people. Marsh is going to go, how? How can that be the same person? In fact, it's not go through a stage of development or they just, I don't know, they're, they're, they're do fine. they just come out of the womb if uh, there are wombs in, 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 in the Martian world looking like you know an well, adult Martian. Any Martians. we don't even have any Martians yeah, that's right we, there's no so, life on Mars so no Martians. but there are life there there are there there is life on other in other realms and other universes besides our own small planetary yeah supposedly there's life on other planets but we're talking about planets not we're not talking about the typical planets saturn jupiter we're talking about planets that are way outside our solar solar system. system rocks that resemble the earth and that take on the same characteristics and have other forms of matter on them but Things evolve. I mean, billions of years ago, the life on the planet Earth were molecules and amoebas and plankton, and then it merged into some some forms of jellyfish, and ultimately, as we move up the scale, you know, fishes and things like that, birds and reptiles, amphibians. Humans didn't even appear yet. But yet the world evolved, and then human beings appeared after the um, zone of primate came in. But there's all there's a certain uh, ladder of evolving, both on a global level, on a worldly level, and on an individual level. And we are changing constantly. If we were to go inside of our bodies and look at the changes going on by the day, we are aging. We're breaking down. We're breaking down. And as we break down, our physical structures alter. You know, basically, when you get older, that you know, your ears get bigger, your nose gets bigger, you, you get more wrinkles, your skin changes, your hair changes. Everything changes in time. And you can observe that in, in all forms of life. Uh, whether it's organic or inorganic. This is, so, this is so uplifting. Well, it, 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 what it, it's <laughs> the anticipation, itself. the anticipation of my ears and nose growing larger and larger as I age is just, I mean, <laughs> giving well, me so much hope and excitement for the future. I'm the and I'm the blue fairy. Hmm. Uh, the, <laughs> the idea that, or any fairy for that matter. Yeah. The idea that 
we that a psychic is constantly in the world of change. A, a good psychic is not rigid. They have to be able to understand the fluid elements of the astral realm so that they can be open to any particular change in the environment. So they're aware, just like a good sailor is aware of the wind and the air currents. And they look for those things. Just as Native Americans are so attached to the earth that they could tell you when it's going to rain. They don't need to watch TV. They know. They know by looking at the, at the facets of nature. Psychics like us, we look at the facets of the astral realm. And we listen to every single tone and, and movement we just have. <laughs> we was, have spirits here. That, that was funny. We have spirits here that play with Every single tone and there's this pop. Yeah. Loud. I don't know if For it no was reason. picked up by but the... There is a reason. We have yeah. spirits here that reside with us. And they are as playful as you can imagine. You, also very naughty. Very. But um, but they love to be around us because we invite them and we keep them here. And they just find it to be fun because they can communicate with us. There are many different levels. Houses. They look at you and things like, what a bunch of dumbbells. Here we are talking to them and they don't even pay us any heed. Well, I'll tell you, folks, it, it, understand that your house is filled with spirits. And if you start talking to them, you eventually develop a, a two-way language. And it's a lot of fun for the most part. The idea of demons being in your home is about as rare as finding a rattlesnake in your bathroom. And it can happen, but not very likely. Can you get a dark, sinister form in your house? Of course you can. You know, the house no, today is filled with mosquitoes. There have been cases that you've... We've I mean, had it too. Yeah. This constant clearing that goes on in our environment. Uh, just because psychics attract spirits. And if a spirit is trying to feed off of a human form for either uh, good reasons or bad, you're going to attract spirits. And darker spirits will feed off of energy that is alive just as lost souls will do it, wandering around trying to find a human being's energy to connect to. Um, That's also part of the drama, and it's in literature like the Gollum and things like this, Uh, vampires that feed on the energies of living human forms. Well, also, I think uh, in terms of those that are working with positive energy, and psychics that are that are involved in the light, there's going to be uh, there's going to be opposing energy from darker darker sources. So you have to be more alert as a psychic. System. You have good teeth, strong teeth. Uh, they're not prone to cavities. If you have horrible weak teeth, you're going to have cavities. If you eat candy at night and don't brush your teeth and have strong teeth, you'll still get cavities. Yeah, and if you have a big mouth, then uh, you, know, <laughs> you have no tongue in there. <laughs> so um, the idea that, uh, we, you know, you have to keep the energy around you strongly enforced. And that involves, to me, the attitude of faith, positive Positive thinking. Positive thinking. Talk about List. trying to steal my tongue on you. <laughs> um, and 
to me, belief, it is a certain belief, and, and I might go step on another rock and say the idea of trusting in God and spirit. I think these are all very vital, important uh, aspects of being a, a good, authentic sci- uh, scientist, psychic. <laughs> well, um, yeah. But the scientific uh, psychic. But the idea but you can that, marry those science and psychic energy. I mean, you know, a good psychic is going to be well-rounded in in all forms of uh, uh, intellect and subject matter. Oh yeah, you know, it's my my paternal grandmother, uh, who I really loved, and she 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 was enthralled with me being a psychic, but she didn't believe in God. And she didn't believe in a lot of things. And so I asked her, well, what, who created the earth? And her answer was science. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> science. Well, who created science? She said, mankind. I said, well, then man created the earth? She goes, no, science created the earth. Science yeah, which came first, the, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> she was using poor terminology That's okay. uh, to, to understand the aspects of that of that energy but we had long discussions about psychic energy and she was enthralled with um the the idea and the uh, some of the experiences we, we shared in terms of psychic phenomena uh, and we have we we to this day we have several clients that will say there's a spirit in the house there's a spirit in my house We've even done house clearings and things like that, communicated with them, decided whether spirits should remain in a home or whether they should be escorted out of the house. Well, we had, I mean, there was a recent recent case where, I, I, I don't want to give too many details, but there was a person who thought there was a negative energy coming from something she had brought into the house, a, a rock, essentially, and she read, I mean, she was absolutely certain that was what it was, but we had been we had been to her home on several occasions together for clearings and there, and unfortunately in the land, there was negative energy that had, that had persisted and yeah. not left. And in fact, it wasn't this rock brought into the home, but it was the resurgence of these energies that, that, you know, were kept at bay for a certain amount of time, but, but returned. Um, and I think they've made the decision to actually move from the home. Yeah, but um, you know, as far as being perceptive, um, you know, it's difficult if you're not skilled. And this person obviously isn't skilled, though. I think you know her her idea is that she was skilled in trying to identify where this these problems were coming from. Well, completely that's off. True. That's absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, you off. can't bring things into the house from another area. Well, absolutely, that's not of course. But the, this wasn't the case in no. this instance, no. The idea of the energy of beneath the foundation of a home in the earth itself, the activity that occurred on the surface of the ground level energy before a house was ever built, are all sometimes important factors in terms of investigating psychic phenomena. It's not really originating from the house itself, but it's coming from something from the depths of the earth or some active energy that occurred on the surface of the of the uh, land. 
And, and, and then you have, and then, you know, it has to be considered what kind of karma that person has with the land, what brought them to that space again, you know, what, where, were they there in a past life? Did they have interactions with the souls that exist, uh, that exist there now in past life? Yeah. You know, it, it's all a, we a form of analysis. We are constantly being transplanted and rerouted. And sometimes uh, when we are transplanted and rerouted into another part of the, of the planet, we find roots there from original existences uh, that have, we are now rerouting to. And that's why all kinds of things can happen when we move to a particular location. And, and in those cases, reroute with our past lives. It becomes rather extraordinary, sometimes intriguing and positive, and sometimes not so great. Yeah. But that's sometimes the role of the psychic to tell you where you're moving to and what you might encounter when you get there. Exactly. Why? Which is why it's always good to consult a skilled psychic if you're planning on making a move or making any other big decision in your life. But um, we are out of time today. And back on the air at our regular time, Wednesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Thanks to Susan for her call, and uh, we will speak with you next week. Bye-bye.